Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the incomparable Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? Well, I'm still reflecting on this film, this cinematic (laughs) masterpiece. This cinematic masterpiece was a dump of a movie. I said it last week, and I will say it again. This was the first movie that I saw in theaters. I was a teenager at the time. And this was the first movie that made me think, oh, movies can be bad. This movie is total shit. (laughs) (laughs) I still think that. Even in an ironic way, I get no enjoyment out of this movie, except for maybe the last 10 minutes. Yeah, the last 10 minutes are epic. We'll get into it momentarily, I'm sure. And the deleted ending. Did we even mention the movie? It's The Wicker Man. (laughs) You can see the title of the podcast. The it's Wicker the- Man 2006. We did not watch the 1974 Wicker Man. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, for the love of God, I hope it's better. Uh, hopefully, you've got a little bit of information about that coming up. But before we yes. get into it, I would love to know what this movie is rated and ranked on Rotten Tomatoes, etc. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love to know? I don't think that the producers in this film <laughs> are very happy about it. I can't imagine. The critical reception. So it has a 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. That's low. And a whopping 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. 15's low, but we've seen lower on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but seen one. Th- but 3%, <laughs> that's 3.7. So if you round up, that's four. Um, Let me see how that compares to some of the other movies. It is the lowest ranked movie on IMDb. That doesn't seem right. Well, We've watched some stinkers. Okay, let me tell you the ones. <laughs> oh, no, all of them. If they were ranked. All of them have an IMDb rank, and this is the lowest. Deadfall has lower? I mean, higher? Deadfall is four. The Wicker Man <laughs> is 3.7. So not much higher. God bless. Yeah. Anyhow, what else you got? I've got a lot. Do you want me to get on into it? Oh, yeah. I guess that's it for the ranking, the ratings and <laughs> rankings. So, yeah, jump on into some behind-the-scenes info. I'd love to know more about this movie that I hate. Fascinating things to share. <laughs> so the budget for this movie was $40 million, and it made $38.8 million at the Oof. box office. Oof. T- took that L. Yeah, it really did. So let's see. The writer and the director of the original film in 1973, and uh, the man who played the cult leader in the original film it's a woman in this movie Mm, okay we're very critical of the remake and the writer and director of the original film had his name credited in the movie and he asked for it to be removed (laughs) i would do honestly (laughs) he wanted no association with this train wreck yeah this this is bad originally this movie was rated r because of extreme violence and disturbing images, but the director decided that he wanted, I don't know, more people to be able to access it. Yeah, that's pretty common. So they decided to make it PG-13. I wonder if it would have been any better if it were more gratuitous. Was the only thing that was added or subtracted, was it the last scene that we looked at? There were other scenes that were There were other scenes. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Yep. Uh, This remake of The Wicker Man is dedicated to the late musician Johnny Ramone, 
who was a good friend of Nick Cage. Oh. And he actually introduced Nick Cage to the original Wicker Man movie. <laughs> of course. Of course, it's not just a normal story. Like Johnny Ramone of the Ramones? Yeah. Gotcha. Rip. Pour one out. <laughs> well, yeah. But like, ugh, what a legacy. Uh, 80%. I thought this was a pretty interesting fact. 80% of the dialogue is verbatim from the original movie, but a lot of it is just put into different context. Hmm. Okay. So that seems to me like an art form in itself, that they were able to take the script of the original movie, which played out very differently than the remake, Mm. um, and manipulate it in a way that the... I guess, like, verbiage stays the same, but the context changes. Yeah. I thought that was pretty creative. I've always wondered if you could ever do the reverse, right? Like if you take a movie that absolutely bombed in the box office that had real D-list, F-list actors. And make a remake of it and just make it good. Yeah. Could you stick like a Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep and make it a good movie? Like I've always wondered if you could do that. I don't know if they would sign on to it, you know? Yeah. It's like they know that the reputation Mm -hmm. precedes the movie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but that is interesting. Yeah. So uh, an actor named Edward Woodward was the original star of the 1973. He was offered a cameo, but he turned it down. He apparently, in in a different way than the writer and director of the original film, wasn't upset about the script. Like he thought it was pretty creative, but Mm. he just ended up turning down the cameo. So what they ended up doing was they named Nick's character Edward after his first name, and then um, the little girl who goes missing. There's a little girl that goes missing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a plot driver. We uh, don't we usually like oh, talk yeah. a little bit about the plot before I get into the behind the scene things. Yeah, we do. We failed to do that at the beginning, but that's why I was so thrown off when I when I gave yeah. you the ratings, and then you were like, "All right, <laughs> tell me more." <laughs> like, that's Wait. my bad. That's my bad. So yeah, I, just very briefly, Nicolas Cage plays a cop who's ex-wife's daughter goes missing on an island that seems to be run by a cult of women and we're off and running (laughs) it's it's good enough so anyway the little girl i guess in the original movie was named rowan morrison and then they ended up naming her rowan woodward after uh, edward Edward woodward's last name gotcha fascinating (laughs) (laughs) um the woman we absolutely hate it <laughs> we'll talk about her more the ex-wife yeah the woman who okay. plays the ex-wife but um uh winona Ryder ended up turning down that role because smart. she hated the script so much smart why are so many people other than nicholas cage smart i feel like a lot of actors don't from from some of the previous research i've done on the other movies i feel like a mm-hmm. lot of the actors don't actually get the script until after they sign on to it yeah, I th- I'm, I'm not sure how that works. Works actually. I think it depends on the on the project. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll only get a scene, or sometimes they'll get nothing. Sometimes yeah. they'll get the whole thing. I mean, I guess because this is a remake, they already had most of the meat yeah, and potatoes. And the, and the, yeah, and, the and they used eighty percent of the original. Exactly. Script. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, Neil Labute was the director and he is a well-known misogynist and i think that's very obvious in this movie that's incredibly clear in this but we'll get into it but <laughs> I, that was one of my last points that i was going to bring up is how terrible the message is against women in this movie mm-hmm. yes this movie is anti-feminism yeah it's, at its, it's core it's like the movement it's like it's like <laughs> this is why women are terrible 101 yep and it's all 
like forayed with bee motifs. Yes, there are tons of, of bees. Like bees are eusocial, which means like they have a single fertile queen that lays the eggs. Um, oh, and like and, you okay, know, like and that runs the hive, and this gotcha. is like a matriarchal, matriarchal. Matriarchal, yeah, yeah sure. Either society. one, society. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. We're not going to look it up. Run by women, and uh, yeah, like I said, very, very obvious that the director is terrified of women and what they can do. Yeah, he won't admit that he's terrified. of <laughs> No, women. he has. Has he? Yeah, like oh. it's very well known that he doesn't like women. Yeah, but you said terrified of. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So I no, he, he wouldn't pro- admit that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but he thinks women are evil. I don't clearly clearly from this movie Jesus Christ um I feel like this should come of no shock to anyone but this movie was nominated for uh the prestigious Razzie award five fivefold did not win no it didn't win a single Razzie did not win um so it was nominated for worst picture which it lost to basic instinct two oof Never heard of the first one. Did not know they made a sequel. <laughs> yeah, you've never heard of Basic Instinct. I have not. Wow. Um, worst actor for Nicolas Cage lost to Marlon and Sean Wayans for Little Man. Oh God. Oof. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see uh, it, but worst that looked bad. screenplay to our well, our uh, ha- happy uh, misogynist Neil Labute. Mm. Um, lost to Leora Barish and Henry Bean for Basic Instinct 2. Okay. <laughs> Just racking it up here. Yeah. Um, worst remake or ripoff, lost to The Little Man. And that worst onstage couple was Nick Cage and his bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> and lost to Sean Wayans and either Kerry Washington or Marlon Wayans for Little Man. Wow. I I'm sorry, haven't seen any of these other movies, so cannot comment. Okay, Have you so seen Little Man or Basic Instinct? I, 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 I've not seen Basic Instinct. I know that Basic Instinct was a popular movie. I've not even, I don't know anything about Basic Instinct 2. Little Man was a Wayans Brother movies, which the yeah. Wayans Brothers, white chicks, we got that. you mm-hmm. know, you, everybody loves the Wayans Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They miss once in a while, like Little Man. Wow. So this was a movie where one of the Wayans brothers couldn't tell you which one. They digitally put his face on a little person. And I don't think the technology was quite there at the time. I'm not it's sure. 2006. How it... Well, yeah, but you can see what they can do now and how flawless it uh, looks. Fair. So like on a big screen, it's probably wonky. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's the whole premise is look at how funny this little person is. Oh. And it, they didn't use a real little person. They just used one of the Wayans brothers. And a child? Probably a child or, yeah, somebody to stand I in. I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, it won two awards. Oh, it it won. So it got two nominations from the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. I never oh, heard, of, never heard of that one. <laughs> um, it's probably like the BAFTAs of bad movies. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so it lost Worst Actor to Tim Allen who was in three horrible movies in 2006, <laughs> The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, oh. The Shaggy Dog, oh. and Zoom. I don't know Zoom. I don't know Zoom either. But, and it won oh. uh, the 2006 Stinkers Bad Movie Award for the worst remake. Yeah, okay. All right. So it won some awards for being a bad movie. So we're justified in thinking it's a horrible, horrible movie. And on that note, let's talk about Nicolas Cage. Oh, please. 
It's still 2006. This is one of his early years where he's made several movies in one year. Mm-hmm. So I think I've, in whatever other movie came out in 2006, I probably shared enough information about his life. But sure. I have just a few things here to talk about um, based upon the movie. So a lot of the crit- criticism that is uh, coming for this movie is saying that the movie is unintentionally funny where it's branded as a thriller, branded as a horror movie, and it's just hilarious. And it's very obvious that it wasn't meant to be that way. Right. Nicolas Cage and and the director, misogynist Labute, contest that they knowingly made the film an absurdist black comedy. Okay. I'm like, I, I do not think that is even a little bit the case no because he made an absurdist black comedy it was called vampire's kiss and it was successful yep well i mean successful in what it was trying to be yeah Mm -hmm. not this no but because it is so absurd like it's gained a a huge cult following this movie of course of course um liam neeson and robert carlisle were both uh asked to play this role and they turned it down or considered i guess for this role Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm and I read, I read a very interesting article. Ooh. And let me pull it up here. The title of the article is Hollywood's Go-To Bee Handler Tells Us What It Was Like Working with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Hollywood's Go-To Bee Hollywood's Handler. Hollywood's Go-To Bee Handler. Oh, I don't think I mentioned this, but this movie was filmed in like Vancouver area. Okay. So this... um. This beekeeper, handler, whatever you want to call this guy, is based out of uh, Canada. So, n- Nick... <laughs> Nick... <laughs> so, there's this scene. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to wait till we Should get to I the wait? scene? I think I'll wait. I think I know what scene you're going to talk about. Of course, about. yeah. I think I'll wait. Oh, at the very end? Yeah, I mean, there's also another scene where yeah. there's a woman. Oh, yes. Yeah, I with... can bring that up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk- we, can, we can bring that up and okay. we'll talk about this, okay. but I feel like what I'm going to tell you is not going to be of surprise based upon the other crazy shit that Nick has done sure. in his career. That makes sense. Okay. Think think along the, like, I'm going to eat a cockroach because I can mm-hmm. type of wavelength, and then you'll, what you're you'll likely is, understand what is going on here. What you're saying is real bees? Well, yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay. We'll get into it's it. Hollywood's <laughs> most famous bee handler. <laughs> it is funny to think that there's like a niche for that like, it is it's such yeah. a niche market I, I i read this full article it's fascinating honestly like if you get the opportunity to read it it's on vice.com hollywood's go-to bee handler tells us what it was like working with nicholas not the bees cage <laughs> um by alex migdal is the author of this article and then the the guy's name is john gibbo okay um he owns a honeybee farm in surrey british columbia wow about a half hour drive from Vancouver and he's Hollywood's go-to bee man. That's his side hustle. And it's really fascinating. And he has like all these insurance policies, like $50 million insurance policies on his bees, on his bees <laughs> and also on himself because he can't be a liability if someone gets stung too many times and dies. Right. Right. Um, lot, lot goes into this and so, I'll, I'll talk more about it later. We've been talking a lot about bees. Sh- should we mention it? <laughs> You? Yeah. <laughs> so many, many years Damn, ago. Damn, Brian, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. So many, yeah, so you're going to get a ton of audio of me talking about bees. 
So, okay, so the reason we say that is that many, many years ago, my little brother hacked onto my Facebook, and instead of posting a silly message or changing my profile picture, what he decided to do was go onto every single fan page. He just typed, searched in the word bees and found every single fan page and liked, I don't know, two, three hundred fan pages about bees. And didn't you change your Facebook picture? Oh, uh, he did eventually change it uh, like a month later or something. He got back on and changed it to to like pictures about bees and just posted messages that just said buzz, buzz, buzz. And so now it's a running gag that I love bees when my brother did this on my Facebook. And so his friend ended up making a spoof Twitter account about me personally that is very heavily influenced by my fake love for bees <laughs> and like years later i would still get like i'd be scrolling through facebook and something would come up of like oh page you liked burt's bees <laughs> i just get all this bee shit <laughs> i think it's and funny i it is funny it's objectively funny you can't you can't say anything else other than that but if if you it was want annoying at the time, if you sure. want the handle for the spoof twitter oh my god <laughs> reach out and we'll set we'll share it with you yeah okay we'll we'll do that <laughs> reach out and we'll share it it make it will make zero sense if oh, you don't know me but there's also no context for it anyway that's true yeah it's <laughs> but a lot of it is like inside jokes so. it's exclusively inside jokes it's hysterical, so but there's like tw- he has like 20 followers for a spoof account about me. And half of the followers are like Burt's Bees. Yeah, half the followers are bee people. <laughs> Makes no sense. Oh it's amazing. It's, it's not even your brother. It's your no, it's my brother's friend. friend. It's my brother's weirdest, but also best friend. <laughs> Who listens? Does he listen re- regularly? For sure. Oh, hey, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> He's working on a new... Uh... And we have to reach out to him. He's working on a new picture for us for our... Uh, oh, a new thumbnail for, for our, our thumbnail, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anyhow. Oh, our thumbnail has the image from this movie. Does it? Yeah. It's Nick with a cage on his head. Well, it's not from this movie. We photoshopped it. I didn't photoshop the... Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just picked this. Yeah, probably. Well, we'll have him redo it and, and use this image. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So our next segment that it seems it's time for is we are going to go through this movie, Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. The last few movies we actually didn't really go through scene by scene because he was the star and the movies just don't really lend itself. This one, again, he's the star. There are a ton of scenes that are boring and nothing. So I'll try to skip as many as I can. There's so much boring. But I also want to give you a full understanding of how bad this plot is and a full understanding of how bad his acting is. So we'll try our best and we'll just get into it. Yeah. Okay. So the movie opens up. And also how much the director absolutely hates women. Oh my God. Oh my God. Writer direct. By the end, I'll like... We'll break it down by the end, I'm sure. So the original movie was not a cult of women, by the way. It was a, was it a cult of men or just a cult? I think it was just a cult. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. I have thoughts. <laughs> so, right in the beginning of the movie, Nick Cage is in a diner and he's wearing his police officer's uniform. He's he's so we find out he's a cop and he's purchasing a self help videotape. 
It's like, it's called like, So You Think You Can or something like that. I don't even remember that. I, it comes up very briefly later, so that's why I bring it up. But he's a cop, and there's a quick montage of him pulling people over and doing his job as a cop. He's on a motorcycle. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I, you were on your phone. I'm, I want to make sure. I'm you're... reading about the original movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. The original has an 89% of Versus the 13 Jesus. or the 11 or whatever. Jesus. 15, sorry. I'll see if I can find a way to cut all that in. <laughs> so he's on his motorcycle and he's pulling people over. He's doing his job. And he finally comes up in this car where a little girl throws a doll out the window. Oh my God. I Right. Steve, I completely forgot this was the same movie. <laughs> right. So Nick Cage... Without stopping his motorcycle, leads down, picks up the doll, pulls the car over, and gives the doll back to the woman. But the little girl is being a little brat. She's upset. They're moving across the country or something. And it's a blonde woman and a little blonde girl. And the, the little girl's upset about moving or something. They've got all this baggage in the car. And she keeps throwing the doll out the window into the middle of the street. And Nick Cage is like, don't worry. I'll go get it for you. It's okay. It happens all the time. And I don't know now, little girl. Don't you, don't you be throwing things. <laughs> And the last time he goes to pick up the doll in the middle of the street, a truck flies by out of nowhere. Nick Cage, who's in the middle of the street, hears no truck coming. <laughs> the truck driver somehow rams in. It must have swerved out of the way so that he doesn't hit Nick Cage, but instead hits the car mm-hmm. with the woman and the child in it. So the car's on fire. Immediately. This, as, right. as that happens. Right. So the car's on fire. <laughs> we talk about this a lot. Nick, yeah, we, we talk about how cars don't just actually Erupt explode. Into right, yeah. <laughs> they don't just spontaneously combust. <laughs> They're designed to not do that kind of thing. Yeah, it's fine. So Movie magic. Yeah, it's fine. This one actually wasn't that gratuitous compared to some of like, the Michael Bay ones. Yeah. But Well, they don't have a big budget. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick Cage goes over to the burning car. He sees the little girl in there. And she's just sitting there. She's not doing anything. She's looking at him. He's trying to break through the glass. And he has a scream right in the beginning. And it's... Look. Please. There are better screams in this movie by a mile. Come on. Little girl barely reacts, does not reach out to his hand. Car explodes. Nick Cage gets flown away. And uh, then the title screen comes up. It is the original font... This is one of the worst title screens we've seen. That's because it is a font title screen from 1973. I hated it. It's like something that an introduction to film class, like somebody who's like, I like to make movies in my spare time. Watch this. And you're like just watching some home video and somebody puts up the Wicker Man. 1973 technology, Steve. And it's like got stupid effects on it. Just look up the title screen. It's horrible. So Nick Cage is now on i guess paid leave because he has to deal with his this thoughts and tragedies that he that he witnessed in front of him so he's at home and he's wearing sweats very rare for us to see nick cage in a sweatsuit was it a grout fit i was a i think so i think it was a grout fit as hannah likes to say <laughs> a gray outfit love a grout fit <laughs> grout fit so again nick cage's hairline we've talked about it to death but it's horrible again in this movie it's real bad (laughs) so i actually progressed so quickly it really did i feel like one movie his hair was fine and then the next movie it looked like it does today yeah i heard something recently on another podcast where somebody said and it's not a nick cage podcast but somebody said that you can tell how much nick cage cares about a project by the quality of his hair (laughs) 
So when he's wearing a really good wig, like say Adaptation or The Weatherman, mm, yeah. he cares about the project and it's a good movie. But when he does not care about his hair or it's a bad wig, <laughs> you know it's a bad movie. I love that. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's really spot perfect. on. So <clears throat> one of his, I guess, his partner, who is again a blonde woman comes over to his house and says like hey you got this mail at the station you should come back to work blah 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 but within the mail is a letter from his ex-wife with some of the most beautiful calligraphy <laughs> hannah and i have ever seen in our days who is that calligrapher we're hiring her to write our wedding invitations <laughs> <laughs> so so the letter says hey i know we haven't talked in a while we broke up a long time ago but I moved back home to my home island, which is a farming commune, and, yeah, and you're telling I had me, a daughter, like, and she's missing, and you're the only one who can help me. And you're telling me that in however long you were married to this woman, mm-hmm. or dating her, whatever, mm-hmm. engaged, mm-hmm. your entire relationship, that you didn't know that she was from a like farm commune yeah, off he, the coast of wherever, it's yeah. Seattle, right, or Portland? Yeah, I think so. I Seattle? think so. Washington. So that's another thing that we'll get into later because I have something to say about it being in Washington. But okay. <laughs> so it's actually in Vancouver. No, 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 no. It's it, it's something that's said in the movie. We'll get into it. It's like one of the. It's an upcoming scene. It's coming up okay. in a second here. But so, yeah. To your point, he like Google's the return address. <laughs> like he just doesn't know where she's from. He's like, ah. What is this? That's so weird. It's like someone's bees or something like that. So he Googles someone's right. bees and he's like, oh, that's the island. I've got to get to, oh, Summer's Isle. Summer's, Summer's Isle. Isle. Bees. And he's like, oh, right. so I've got to go to Summer. How do you not know where she's from? You not know where, know where your from? ex-wife is from. Right. Or I think ex-fiance, but whatever. Anyway. Still. I mean, I feel like you go on one date with someone and you know where they're from. That's like the first question on the first date usually. Where are you from? What do you do? Where are you from? It's like top three questions. Like, what do you do? Where are you from? What is your social security number? Who's your daddy? (laughs) Damn, I think your joke was funnier. (laughs) What is your mother's maiden name? (laughs) (laughs) So next, he he briefly goes to his office or to the police station. And I only bring it up because this is one of the worst acted scenes of the movie. It's just (laughs) terrible. It's well, probably of I've ever seen, but it's a terrible scene. So we'll just move on. He takes a boat to this island or to a, a nearby island of the farming commune. Wait, sorry. What scene do you think is bad acted? You don't even remember. You probably blocked it out like some type of trauma. But <laughs> <laughs> but he's in his he's in an office with another cop, and he's like just talking about how oh my ex wife wrote me a letter, and he's like oh well if she wrote you a letter maybe you should. If she broke up with you, maybe you should stay out of it. And he's like, ah, it's fine. I don't even fucking remember the scene either. But <laughs> no. it's horrid acting. <laughs> it is. It, all. <laughs> it is not quality acting. It is grade F acting. Oh boy. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> so he takes the boat, and he has a moment. He has many moments throughout the movie where, on the boat, he's seeing things. He's seeing things. He's seeing visions of that little girl being hit by a truck. Uh, but he has a weird kind of nouveau shamanic moment on the boat where he's putting on cologne. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't like remember that. exactly what he does. I just wrote it's cologne. Like Draco Noir. Yeah, he's just like dabbing himself in cologne on this ferry. Because he's going to see his ex. I guess. He wants yeah. To make a good first impression. Yeah, I thought he did it in a weird way, but I, I don't recall. Well, yeah, like to bring a full bottle of cologne and 
put it on when you're like three hours away from your mm-hmm. destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> because then he doesn't get to the island. He gets to a dock and finds a guy loading up a like a small plane. Yeah, like on a the water plane. Yeah, not even. And he's like, yeah. "Hey, hey, man, can you take me to Summer's Isle?" And like in any scary movie, he's like, "It's this old man who's like." You're not going to want to go there. You can't go to Summer's Isle. <laughs> Nobody returns from Summer's Isle. <laughs> it's like, it's like no, it's okay. I'm like looking for someone. I'm a cop. It's fine. I was invited. I was invited. Yeah. Because yeah, he's like, you can't go mm-hmm. unless you were invited. Well, he ends up bribing him. But you pointed out, I didn't even see it, that Nick Cage apparently looks at the directly at the camera. In yeah, the he does. <laughs> I missed that. So he arrives to the island and we see it's all mostly women and they're all just weirdos. There's a quick bit where... They're all old too. They're all, yeah, older. No, they're not like no, super Not all old. of them are old, yeah. but all the women at the in the first scene were oh, pretty sure. old. Yeah. They're also clearly holding a body in a, a bag. A struggling body A struggling body. And Nick Cage, as a cop, doesn't even look inside. No, they show... They show... What? this like this part really confused me yeah go ahead so it first of all two men are holding the bag Mm -hmm. so there are men on this island and we can talk about that later as more and more men yeah like come into the picture yeah but they're holding this bag which is dripping with blood and there's something clearly struggling in it and he goes can i see what's in the bag and then they just do the thing where they like like I don't even know. Like, I don't know what they did. It's, I it's didn't almost see like it. it's almost like when you're a kid and you put your fist in your sleeve and you're like, "Oh, what's in your sleeve?" Like, and then you like, "Poo!" Pop out your fist and and like hit someone in the face. Oh, with okay. It. So you think that they just like sh- they shuffled the bag or something? And he was like, "Oh, wow, you scared me." Yeah, but there was still something there was still wriggling something in the bag, dripping in there. Yeah. Also. The ice cream truck just passed by. I'm not editing it. No out. one can hear it. <laughs> I last time I heard it, you could hear it on the oh, on you? the mics. Yeah, so oh, I, you're well. not going crazy, and there's no ice cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, let's move on because we're already at 30 minutes, and we've got a lot of movie to get through. Oh. So the next scene is very very weird, and this is the thing that I wanted to bring up about Washington. But first, <laughs> okay. he gets to the bar. Or he gets to like, there's a motel, hotel, bar. Which like, I thought that you, I thought that there weren't any guests allowed on this island. Right. And he just finds the motel. That's so stupid. So, or the inn, I guess. There's an inn (laughs) is probably a better term. So he finds the barkeep and the barkeep serves him a glass of mead. Mm-hmm. And bees which honey. Honey, uh, uh, fermented honey, I guess. Right. So... It's very nouveau shamanic. He slams this glass of mead. He takes out his badge, slaps it on the counter a few times, and is like, listen up, ladies. I'm looking for this girl. I feel like we haven't talked about this in a while, but in some previous movies, Nick Cage made an acting choice where when he eats or drinks something, he mm. he like consumes it like it's the first and last thing that he's ever going Consumed. to consume. <laughs> yeah. He and did that he with this. He kind of did that with this. For sure. And it was a nice reflection on the past because it's been a while since he's done that. That's true. That was really <laughs> notable in Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh my God. Where he would eat mints in such a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take like a big breath and like really close his eyes and enjoy it. <laughs> so, okay. So he asks the barkeep, the bartender. Oh he says... I need a I need a place to stay. I know you don't usually have 
visitors, but I need a room. Can you swing it? And she goes, what? Can you swing it? I don't understand what you're talking about. Is that some sort of mainland fancy talk? And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. Is there a room available? Can you afford, can I afford to pay for a room for this evening? And she's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. She's like, what are you doing here? And he says, and he says, well, I'm a cop. I'm from California, but I'm here to, to look up. I'm, I'm here to f- figure out a missing persons case. And she goes, well, if you're from California, you have no jurisdiction here in Washington. Immediately. So she knows the difference between legalities and jurisdictions <laughs> of California and Washington. <laughs> But, but she, she doesn't know she what the term swing it means. Can you swing it? She can't even use context clues. It's like from Walk Hard when, yeah. when the doctor goes, your son's been cut in half and the, and the dad goes, Speak English, doc. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a I'm brain not, surgeon. We're not scientists. This is one of the worst we cases. We cannot ever. connect the bottom half of your son to the top half Slow of your son. Slow down. Speak English. <laughs> I lost it at this scene. I hated this scene. Anyway, on his way out, he kills a bee and he goes, I'm allergic. And they all like kind of gasp. They freak out. Because they fucking love bees. Mm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Jesus Christ. So, let's see. A couple of boring scenes. Let me see if I can find out uh, where the next exciting scene is. Should we talk about when he meets his, with his ex-wife? And can we talk about her for a hot second? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So he does meet with his ex-wife. Okay. So (laughs) one of the boring scenes that I was about to skip, we could just, we don't have to talk about the scene, but we could talk about the ex-wife. She, she is, she's a pretty woman. She, she's an attractive woman, but I don't know if something happened (laughs) in the sense of, um, a bee sting, maybe a bee sting, but her lips (laughs) are massive for her face. They just don't fit They're her really face. They're really janky. Like, like I said, she's an attractive woman. Women with large lips tend to be attractive. But Hers for this really woman, fake. it does not work. <laughs> they look really they are fake. extremely fake. They're like they're like plastic. They're they're on top of her face. Like Kylie Jenner, like fake. Yeah, but like I am not a huge Jenner Kardashian fan. But even them, like it, it works. It kind of works a way. for them in a way. Yeah, it didn't work for her. And I don't know if it's like okay, well, we're filming this on an older camera. It's not even gonna pick that up. And then now that we're watching it in the modern day, we're looking at more high def televisions. Maybe it's that. But this was 14 years ago. It's not that much older. Exactly. (laughs) She massive lips. Okay, but like worse than that, she is one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. (laughs) Terrible acting. Oh my god, horrible. Like I don't blame Winona Ryder for turning down that role. (laughs) No, no. So anyhow, we learn a little bit more about the plot before the next scene that I want to bring up. And that's essentially we learn that they pick a little girl every year to be the like harvest queen or the harvest princess. Mm-hmm. And that like the May queen from that, uh, hmm. Midsummer. Oh. Yeah. So, this movie feels a lot like Midsummer, but Midsummer was way better. Yeah. So Midsummer was a movie that came out recently. I think it's on Amazon Prime, yep. which is essentially a good version of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's still, I still didn't think Midsummer was great, but I think I owe it another watch. I thought it was really interesting, mm-hmm. more so than this. Oh, oh my God. Compared to this, it's like night and day. <laughs> but, but anyhow, so the, the harvest princess dictates the crop yield or some shit. 
And so they have pictures of all the Harvest Princesses up on the wall, except for last year's. And of course it was the daughter. Of course it was the little girl. And of course there was a bad harvest. Nick Cage is eating breakfast at the end, and he's like, You don't have any honey? Oh. <laughs> like, I thought you I thought that was I all that you was did. your main export on this island. Right, like, <laughs> how else do you... Why do you have so many bees? <laughs> Why do you have so many bees? Exactly. So that's essentially the... Pl- you can guess where it's going from there, but... For sure. The next thing I want to bring up, and this is probably where we can talk about the misogyny, because Nick Cage is looking for this little girl, and he stumbles across a oh, school. Oh, the teacher. Oh, my God. He stumbles across a school and a teacher, just a little classroom, and what they're doing is they're only teaching girls, and they're teaching girls exclusively things about why men are evil. Yeah. And so Nick Cage goes into the classroom, and... He can't seem to get control of the classroom because nobody's paying attention to him. Nobody's admitting, first of all, that this little girl even exists. So this little girl that he's looking yeah, for he is Yeah, he passed around a picture and he was like, can you tell me if you know this little girl? And they, they all, all say no. Yeah, they yeah. all say no. They all shook their head no. So he also goes to the board and just erases like a full <laughs> yeah. board of notes. I don't care who you are. I know that she's teaching that men are That's the scum so of the confident. earth. That's so confident. That's so... Arrogant. It's yeah, so, arrogant it's is so the word. douchey. Not confident. Yeah. It's, he just erases the entire board. And the teacher and him have like this back and forth. They're real snarky with each mm-hmm. other. And he points to an empty desk in the back of the classroom. He says, someone's missing. Clearly someone's missing. Yeah. And he goes through her her uh, attendance record, finds the little girl's name. Crossed he goes, out. He goes over to the desk and he's like, F it. And opens up the desk and a crow flies out. <laughs> And the teacher's like, oh, they just like to trap crows in there sometimes. It's like, what the fuck? The fuck is this? <laughs> the fuck is this? So then they go outside and the teacher like finally admits to him that she's dead and she's buried in... She burned up. She's buried. Oh yeah, buried. she burned and she's also buried. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick's like, so okay, she thanks. she burned and there's no remains, but her remains are in the graveyard. <laughs> so he goes back to his ex-wife. <laughs> And he says, hey, your daughter's remains are in the graveyard. Everybody's saying she's dead. And the ex-wife goes, no, I just know that our daughter isn't dead. And we're like, of course. Of course it's of his course. daughter. Why were else supposed- would she ask him to be there? Were we supposed to think otherwise? <laughs> no, right? Anyhow. It's crazy. Nick Cage cannot get a cell, cell signal this entire time, so he decides to go back to the plane where he got dropped off and see if he can radio for help because nobody's leveling with him and he he needs someone's permission to exhume the body to see to make sure. I don't fucking know. Who cares? So he goes California to, and Washington jurisdiction. Yeah, maybe I can get the brilliant bartender <laughs> who doesn't know general colloquialisms to just tell but me but understands the intricacies complex of like, intricacies of law enforcement of martial law <laughs> what a what a terrible movie this is he goes to the dock waits for the guy to come back he sees the plane and sees like a i'll be back in five minutes kind of sign he's sitting on the dock and he falls asleep and in his dream he has a dream that he sees the little girl like drowning underwater off the dock so he doesn't just jump into the water. It's always very confusing, I will admit, though. Okay. Which, sorry, I yeah. just interrupted, That's but okay. which little girl he's seeing? Because both mm. the little girl that he saw at the beginning of the movie die in that car crash with the doll that, you know, yeah. was in the middle of the road, and Rowan, his alleged daughter, mm-hmm. are both blonde. 
Yes. And look virtually identical. Yes. So I never know which girl the director is making me believe that this person is. Right. Is that kind of the point? I think so, but I don't know. They never explain what the like connection oh, the- <laughs> is between the girl at the so, beginning they do also say uh in one of the earlier scenes when his partner or whatever comes over to his house he says something along the lines of like so they still never found the bodies huh of the mom and daughter in the car that got hit by the truck what right so it's like are we, are they from summer's isle are they from the bee colony how would they get out of the tr- how, how would they get burning out? Hard? How would they coordinate the truck to hit their car at the right time? He saw the little girl in the car. So how did she get out? Didn't the car explode? Yeah. Am I misremembering? No, the car exploded. <laughs> he saw her in there. The car exploded. He got set backward. Yeah. He goes back over to the burning car and she's nowhere to be found. Oh. I don't, Steve. This movie sucks. I have Let's no keep idea. Let's keep moving. So anyway, what I was about to say is when he sees the little girl in the water, he doesn't just jump in or dive in. He cartwheels into the water. So another nouveau shamanic moment. I <laughs> doesn't he to take his up. clothes off too? Uh, I think he does in a later scene. But yeah, he does go over to the plane ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, he does in this scene. So he, he doesn't take all of his clothes. He's in a t-shirt and boxers or whatever. Which is stupid. Like if you're going to mm. take, just strip down. Like I understand keeping your boxers on. Sure. Just take your shirt off yeah he didn't bring a change of clothes no yeah now he used to walk around all day in his soggy undershirt he's gonna be he's gonna be chafing (laughs) (laughs) anyhow so a little bit more exposition he goes to some doctor's house who's also the only person on the island who's allowed to take photographs (laughs) (laughs) and and he finds out that like they do this ritual where they kill the little girl if there's a bad crop yield or something so he's like okay so they're denying her existence because she won the, the the crop queen or whatever. Then there was a bad yield. So now they figure, well, we have to kill her now to appease the gods or yeah. something. Right? Okay, good. He goes to the ex's house. They're loud talking at each other. This is another horribly acted scene. Oh, my God. And then... She is atrocious. And then they kiss and Hannah and I go, ew. <laughs> but usually when we say ew for a kiss, it's because someone's kissing Nick Cage. But this time we said ew because Nick Cage is kissing this woman with, the lips. with the gigantic lips. And like I said, not that big lips are a bad thing or not no. that this woman is unattractive. It's just that those lips don't work. They're just... It's, enti- it's like silicone under there. They're like breast implantations for her face implantations implantations is that the wrong and that word? might be like the formal but i think people just say implants yeah it's fine don't worry about it i'm a scientist let's move on <laughs> so nick cage figures i guess enough is enough and he decides to ride his bicycle his nice his cute Where little bicycle get that i guess from his ex oh. but to the the leader's house they call her sister summer's isle She's the representation of Summer's Isle. <laughs> who fucking knows? On his way there, he runs into some men who, like, some of the first men that he's encountered, really. Yeah. And he, like, helps one up or something, and, he, and the man doesn't say anything. And we thought, like, that was kind of weird. That comes back in a second. So, oh, okay. So before he gets to... Okay. This is, <laughs> this is another one of my least favorite scenes. <laughs> before he gets to Mrs. Sister Summer's Isle house... He is riding his bicycle, and I guess he gets lost. Oh, my God. And he runs into the beehives. Now, we know Nick Cage is allergic to bees, 
and he runs into <laughs> he has an EpiPen on him. He has an EpiPen on him. He runs into he like runs into a beehive by accident, and instead of running away from the beehives, <laughs> he runs further and further deeper into the beehive area area where they're farming these. This is this is like a scene out of scary movie or something like one of those spoof movies where where somebody is like falling down the stairs and then as a gag they just keep falling keep down falling. the stairs yeah. or something it's that but when they don't actually have to right when they can like easily stand up <laughs> turn around right or just turn around and go the other you're deadly allergic you idiot there's like hundreds of thousands of bees swarming him millions from what's his name the bee man of hollywood the bee man of hollywood so he wakes up at Sister Summer's Isle's house because he passes out from being stung to death by bees. Yeah, that's <laughs> she, how he gets there, right? Yeah, so, well, he gets woken up by the doctor as well. The doctor's there, too. And he meets Sister Summer's Isle. And when he wakes up, he's got that classic Nick Cage, really heavy blinking. Another new shamanic moment I wanted to point out. Mm. And uh, like she, it. like, justifies her feminist society or something like that. And Nick Cage comes back with this line. He says, I'm only interested in the law, sister. <laughs> Eighty percent. Then he takes eighty percent. Then he takes. Then he takes his little bicycle and bikes away. Do we really? Do we think that that was in the original movie? His little tiny bicycle. No, no, no. I Uh, only listen to the lost sister. I'm only interested in the lost sister. Now I get it that everybody calls each other sister on this island. Yeah, but like the the, way that he says it. Yeah, it makes it sound like listen here, sister. (laughs) So anyhow, he goes back to exhume the daughter's body. Oh my god. And so he then, while he's exhibiting the daughter the daughter's body, he doesn't find the daughter. He finds the doll from the first scene. What? But it's all burned up. Because so, of the car accident. What? So he there's somebody honking outside again. I'm not editing this out. So, <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. So, so then he hears laughter at this rundown building type of thing nearby, and he runs over and he finds that there's like a well with a cage on top of it. So and he shady. takes off the and cage like a tomb and he goes the into well. the well, and that leads to a tomb, and that tomb leads to another well. And he dives under the water because he sees the little girl's sweater, and somebody locks him in the cage, and he's locked under this well for like all night. Mm-hmm. And he's screaming again. I probably won't even insert it, but it's just no. a, a standard help. He gets trapped in there. His ex wife comes over to help him out, right? He comes How out. How does she find him? Pff, fuck if I know. So. <laughs> Maybe because he was screaming, help, help, or yeah, whatever. Like, be. that's how they justify it up to this point in the movie. He then comes out and he says, look, I found this sweater. And also, look, I found this doll. And then, oh, and then, we have our first amazing scream of the movie. Where he confronts Iconic. his ex about the doll. Iconic. This hers? Yes, I, I think it's... Yeah. How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I, How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I don't know! I love it. The repetition. I love it. So when I was in college, there was a guy who lived across the hall from us. His name was Yuki. He was from Japan. And this was like his all-time favorite cinematic scene. <laughs> really? He, he would play it for us all the time. He'd be like, how'd it get burned? 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 <laughs> In his Japanese accent. So I always think of Yuki whenever so I hear funny. of that. Hey, how'd Yuki, it... I hope you're listening. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Good guy, though. So 
Let's see. What even happens next? Okay, so I don't know well, if She you... doesn't know how it got burned. She doesn't know how it got burned. Let's answer I that question first. I think that's important first. to answer yeah. the question that yeah. he poses multiple times. So he goes back to Sister Summer's Isle's house looking for some answers. He's shouting her name again. I probably won't insert that clip, but he runs into a dude with one eye and also a woman who's naked and covered in bees. So you said you wanted to mention something about that. Yeah, my boy... Uh... Shit, what's his name? John Legume or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Hold on. John Gabot. Gabon. John was close. <laughs> Legume. What was the director's name? Yeah, it's close to Legume. That's what I'm La thinking. Butte. Of. La Butte. Okay. Neil La Butte. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just I'm searching the article for it and I came across this little tidbit that I feel like needs to be mentioned. Okay. Um he often gets questions from filmmakers or from actors obviously about Mm -hmm. the bees Mm -hmm. and one woman came up to him and said i'm menstruating should i be worried about the bees attacking me the bees can smell the menstruation (laughs) right and he says i encourage that question and the answer is no you don't have to worry bees are vegetarians (laughs) christ okay yes so this woman was semi-nude and draped in 80,000 bees. Wow. He enlisted a costume designer to make a leather flesh-toned outfit for the actress and then um, leather flesh-toned booties for her to wear. And that allowed the bees to crawl up her legs, which is how they like to travel. Hmm. Uh, The actress was one of her staffer, one of his staffers. So she also like was, I guess she's either a beekeeper or familiar with be culture culture yeah sure (laughs) um she also wore surgical tape around her body with the bees attached to the surgical tape Hmm. um she only suffered four stings out of the eighty thousand bees on her not bad at all she said that she was pulling bees oh the the guys the uh john gabo said that he was pulling bees out of her ears it's disgusting that is disgusting interesting little fun fact though yeah eighty thousand eighty thousand bees So, after he sees all this weird imagery at Sister Sister's Summer's house, Isle. Summer's Isle. He then runs over to the inn, and he sees all the men sitting at the inn, and he's like, all right, fellas, I think that... The, I need help. <laughs> I, th- I need help. I think that they're going to kill this little girl. And the men just go, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, I think what they're doing on this island is that they're not teaching the men to speak i don't think that they're doing anything like cutting out their tongues or anything like that i don't i just think that they're not teaching them language skills although they'd probably figure that out come on i mean humans can yeah learn from listening like i'm pretty sure they cut their tongues tongues out out? because you mentioned that and i was like they just they don't show it well but this movie used to be rated r Mm. And I have no idea what deleted scenes there are in order to make it PG-13, but I can imagine that, like, cutting out a man's tongue is graphic enough that it could warrant for... Maybe. I mean, maybe in order for, like, a horror movie to be rated PG-13, there can only be so many scenes in it that have, like, graphic images. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It doesn't further the plot at all. No, none whatsoever. It would only prove even more that the director hates women. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we'll get into that. This movie's almost over, but I want to get into that again, misogyny, when we're finished here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so he then has a quick montage of going to people's houses and running around looking for Rowan, looking for the little girl. <laughs> He ultimately breaks in. Makes, he makes his way. He does have a scream in one of those scenes, but again, it's not really as good as any of those other, like how to get burned or something. So he then goes, he makes his way back to the inn, sees the bartender there, and just decks her, punches this woman <laughs> in the face as she's putting on a bear costume. So you mentioned a bear costume yeah. earlier. He puts it best on eventually. Couple. <laughs> yeah, best couple or worst couple, I guess, for the Razzies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Then some like like the there's a there's another woman we haven't talked about her the actress's name is Lily something she's just one of those actresses yeah, who we I've were seen like seen her in things she's so familiar she comes up out of nowhere Nick Cage pushes him pushes her off of him she's like grabbing him to try to capture him pushes her off and just fucking roundhouse kicks <laughs> kicks her right in the stomach and she goes down like a light I get what down like a something doesn't matter. Frasier. Down like Frasier. <laughs> okay. Another reason the podcast is late this week is because we had a little tiny mini vacation where we went to the beach and everybody was, for the most part, social distancing. It was all good. <laughs> but there was this old man playing spike ball next to us and with one of kids. with his kids. And one of his kids fell down as he was making a diving catch for or a hit for the spike ball on the beach. <laughs> And he just screams, down goes Frasier in, ha- in the lamest way possible. And Hannah and I look at each other like, what an old man thing to say. Anyhow, that's what made us laugh so hard about that just a moment ago when Hannah referenced a thing that we had not mentioned yet on this podcast. Or that is not worth mentioning. It's not worth mentioning. No. It's a truly, you had to be there. Yes. We're going to move on. So he's just decking people. He's punching people. He's kicking people. So they... He finds he puts on the bear costume and finds himself in this parade. And the parade, I guess, is leading to the ritualistic sacrifice of this little girl. And he gets there and he's just punching, decking women in the face more and more again. He grabs his daughter uh, and his daughter runs away into the woods and he's running after her. And he's like, come on, come back. And the little girl leads him right into a trap because then... He gets back to some clearing and all of the women are forming a circle around him. And they're like, we chose you because you're connected to our community, but not too connected. And we had a bad harvest, so we need to sacrifice somebody. And so we're going to sacrifice you. you. So they set him up. They set him up. Now, I feel like you and I did a really good job of explaining that plot in a way that makes it sound like it's thrilling. I also think that we both did a good job of not revealing that's that, what I mean. That. That's what oh, I yeah, mean. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the twist. The twist. But if you watch this movie, it's clear <laughs> as fucking day. <laughs> it is blue skies, not a cloud up there. Just, you can see for miles <laughs> that of course they're going to kill him. Also, let's mention something real quick because it's this scene. But this movie is called The Wicker Man. There has been no, no mention. mention of a Wicker Man. There's been very little mention of men. No, there was. Those two twin old bitches when they did they mention the wicker man early in the movie they said the like at this you know simultaneously how they yeah. spoke in that creepy voice they were like the wicker man will be here he wow. is coming i don't remember that at all <laughs> so 
fans of a series of unfortunate events, the series on Netflix, will recognize these two old twins. That's another thing in this movie. The twins all <laughs> oh, speak in unison. There's a lot unison. of twins. There's yeah. a lot of twins in this movie. Yeah, and they all speak in unison. So I don't, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so he's surrounded by all these women and he looks to his ex-wife and he's like, "Help me." And she's like, "She's in on it." And he pulls out his gun. But the gun doesn't have any bullets. Also, a trained police officer would know the difference in a weight of a loaded and unloaded pistol. But that's okay. And then the, the ex-wife just like opens up her hand and, and all the, the bullets, bullets fall out. So he has and no she gun. she gives him this like forlorn look. Yeah. Like she's sorry, but not sorry. So he then, again, rather, rather than starting to punch people or just pick a direction and book it. Like Nick Cage at this point is still in pretty good shape in oh, his yeah. life. Just and pick his a character in good shape. He's a cop. Yeah. So why not? Why not find the weakest link? None of them have guns. Keep your gun. There's no guns on this yeah. island. Just pick a direction and book it. However, where yeah. is he going to go? He is stranded on this island. He mentioned in the beginning of this movie that when he chartered the flight from the guy in the plane, he said, "Come on, man, it's just a few miles. I could probably swim that distance." Oh. So you think he would He just probably swim? could have swam. Well. So anyway, after that, this is this is what the series of events should be, but there's actually a deleted scene, so we'll break that down after we explain the whole movie. But you said that when you saw the movie, you clearly remember this yeah, scene. Yeah, but it's one of those things that it, maybe it's like the Mandela effect, whether whether or not I remember it from the deleted scene because it was such a popular like YouTube clip. Yeah. Or whether I actually saw it in the movie. Yeah. So here's I don't know if it's a deleted scene or if it's like the extended cut or something. Yeah. But anyway, the version that we watched, for whatever reason, didn't have this. But we're going to tell you the series of events in the way that they fall right. so that like the plot makes sense. Right. So they all circle around him. They pin him down. They, they put him on a tarp, right? <laughs> uh, Maybe on a tarp. But they, they pin him down and they put his legs up, oh, essentially. Oh, God. And they take a massive sledgehammer and they break both of his femurs. Awful. Then they sit him up. They take a, they take like a, a very, is it Orwellian? Who wrote 1984? Yeah. Yeah. Orwell. So they, they take an Orwellian cage and put it on his head. Mm-hmm. And then pouring like a glass of iced tea out of a pitcher, they pour bees into this cage. And they sting up his face. The doctor comes over, has the EpiPen, hits him with the EpiPen so he wakes back what up. What does he scream, Steve? Hold on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they hit him with the EpiPen. They drag him over to a large wicker structure of a man. They string him up in this giant wicker man that we had not seen. Why are you not? Hold on. I want to get it all in one. So they string him up. And he, there's a little landing there for him to sit. He's in the head of this wicker man. He looks at his daughter for help, but the daughter's carrying the torch. She lights the whole thing up and he burns to death. Now, during this whole scene <laughs> is some of the best Nick Cage screaming so you've ever heard in your right entire life. Right before you share okay. the audio, I will talk a little bit about what it is that Nick wanted for himself in this scene. Okay. So Nick, in that article, Hollywood's go-to bee handler tells us what it's like to work with Nick yes. Cage. John Gabot, our, our, our best friend over in Canada, the beekeeper, shared that Nicolas Cage wanted all of the bees on him. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, pour them all on my head. Of course he did. <laughs> but it's too much of a liability to do that, obviously. Of course it is, yeah. So they had a styrofoam head in the actual thing. Really? Yes. And then they superimposed his face over the styrofoam, which is why it looks so fake. It does look really fake. I thought it's I thought it was they just superimpo- fake bees. No, it's real bees, but fake Nick. It would be so much easier <laughs> I to know. CGI bees. I know. Well, I don't want- they superimposed Nick's head into the shot. It's so difficult. But it's also way funnier. It because- is funnier. <laughs> because of what he screams in this clip. Okay. So here's the amazing, amazing clip. Now remember, legs break, bees in the head cage, then he's strung up in the Wicker Man. Enjoy. Now, before this movie ends, I want to bring up one last thing. And this one of the very few scenes that does not include Nicolas Cage. Because after that, oh, the end end. it's like six months later or something. And we're like, oh, maybe Nick Cage lived. Because so what I, I guess what I should mention as well is that. So in the version that we saw the final cut, they don't have the iconic, not the bees, not the bees. So we knew that that had to be coming. It had to be. So we assumed that it may have been later after like, he was strung up. maybe he lived. But instead, it was James Franco at the bar with one of his buddies and the ex-wife and the chick that looks really familiar. Lily. Lily something. They walk into a bar and they're like, hey, ladies, what's going on? And... They, and you just assume they have a full conversation. These four people. Yeah, you think that these women told? Do you think that the first question that James Franco asked was, "Hey, where are you from?" No. Guess what? The first. So here's here's maybe the first few questions. Oh, should sorry. Be. What? So I'm sorry. I'm going somewhere <laughs> with this. Here's what the first few questions should be when you maybe pick someone up at the bar. What's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? 
None of those questions were asked in this scene. They don't exchange names. They don't exchange any amount of information. He walks up and says something like, I'm glad you ladies showed up. I was afraid it was going to be a Wall Street night or something. (laughs) And like that's their conversation. Well, I hated it. But men are men are superior to women, Steve. So yeah, okay. Very quickly, it is so clear. It's so blaringly obvious that the director, who's also the writer, <laughs> is saying, "Look at what would happen if we if let women, women ran rule society. society." This is what women want to do. They want to teach the world about why men are the worst. Mm. We should kick them in the stomachs. <laughs> we should punch them in the face, sure. dressed as a bear. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I hate this movie. I hate it so much. Except for that That last last scene is just... Well... It's everything. Unless I've done a ton of editing, we are already over an hour. You know what? It was worth it. This was a fun one to talk about. We haven't (laughs) talked about a terrible movie like this in a while. (laughs) They're only going to get worse. I mean, we watched about... We we talked about, like, the Ampoli, but it, you know... Yeah. He wasn't in every scene in the Ampoli, so... No, but also, you know, this was bad enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Well, for most of it. Well... I mean, um, not for most of it. Well, yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway. So... It was just boring for most of it. So let's move on. Unless you have any other closing thoughts. Anything else you want to share? No, let's get on to those awards, baby. Nick Cage Awards, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, my God. Is there anybody else who is good in this movie? Gotta give it to the to the bear suit, right? Oh, wasn't the bear he nominated suit. for best couple with him in his bear suit? Well, worst couple. Best best couple. <laughs> best supporting actor. It's fine. We can give or it to an inanimate object. Or is it the doll? I think we gave it to. Oh, the doll! Didn't we give it to Samuel L. Jackson's tears once? We could give it to the bees. We could give it. To... Oh, we should give it to the bees. We'll give it to the bees. Oh, okay. Best dressed. Is it the cage on his head? Is it's it the bear be. suit? Is it... Oh, the bear suit's good. The cop uniform is pretty standard. I'll give it to the bear suit. Bear suit. Okay. Uh, worst Nick Cage scene. There's a ton. I think it's that one at the beginning that you were saying when he's at the police office. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. Okay. Good. Or, or it could be the confrontation between him and the ex-wife and then they kiss. That. That was bad. <laughs> it's really That was bad. worse, I think. I, th- I think you're right. I think that should be the worst scene. <laughs> The best Nick Cage scene. I mean, that whole ending. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I want to give it to How to Get Burned. <laughs> I feel like we should get How to Get Burned in here somewhere. But, like, if if all of these last few awards go to that last scene, that's I'm fine okay. with it. That's yeah. okay. All right. Okay. All right. So that's the best scene is at the end with the not the bees. Even though in the original cut, they don't even have not the bees. It, but it, that might be the original cut. Like, that's true. We watched it online yeah we might have seen yeah well <laughs> rented from our local library right. uh best scream it's, it's, it's not, not the, the bees. bees it's not the bees it's not the bees you bitches <laughs> burning me won't give me back your give back your honey, honey. <laughs> that felt like something straight out of like the wizard of oz that the wicked witch of the west would say. <laughs> yeah that that is very true <laughs> All right, in the most nouveau shamanic moment. Oh my god! I mean, I I don't. It could be like him asking for them to just pour the bees all over his face. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It could be his delivery of (laughs) how to get burned. 
Like I said, I would love to get How to Get Burned in there somewhere for Yuki. <laughs> Uh, I, I, what? It's our damn podcast, Steve. We can do whatever we want. That so I true. say we do that. How to get burned? How to get burned is is the most new show. Just the way that he delivers that. Line. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> you know, so it makes no sense. So I mean, you and I have done the minimum amount of acting, <laughs> we, but we've done some acting, is what I'm in trying this, to say. In this podcast, or like in in life? In life. Yeah. And one of the things that they tell you as an actor is that whenever you get a script where it mm. says something multiple repeated times. multiple yeah. times, you want to try to deliver it differently every time. Not Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> there are some subtle nuances, I'm sure. But how to get burned, 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 how to get burned. Love it. I love it. Except for how to get burned and not the bees. This movie is trash, but those two. <laughs> It's so bad. Which makes my next question incredibly difficult. When I watch it again. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you haven't asked me that in a while. I have not. I have stayed away from that for some reason. Would you watch this again? No. Me neither. <laughs> I haven't asked you because usually I can tell. Like, if we rank it as a good movie, then we might watch it again. If we don't, then we'll never watch We're it again. We're not watching any of these damn movies again. You will Other definitely. Yeah, you will definitely watch some of these again. <laughs> So speaking of rankings, you have the daunting task of ranking this one. I have no idea where you're going to put this. Me neither, to be honest with you. I mean, do you go up high because of those iconic screams or do you go down low because this movie is terrible? The screams make up for for the mm. horribleness of the movie. I so mean, you're going high. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like you have to. It's the Wicker Man scene. That is true. He is very cagey. It's, it's the most cagey. Not not the most KG. Where where are you thinking? Do you want to do you want to start with a number? Do you want to start with a movie comparator? What what is five through ten? Five through ten. Number five is Face Off. Number six is Adaptation. Number seven is The Weatherman. Number eight is The Family Man. Number nine is Racing with the Moon. And number oh, ten is Best there. of Times. What's number four? <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas. I'm okay putting it between <clears throat> four and five. Wow. Okay. You know, I'm okay with that as well because I think, obviously, it makes sense because it's number five, but I think Face Off is probably the weakest of our top five. Yeah. Which, like I said, it makes sense, but I, I think Face Off, my opinion, might be a little high, but um, so I'm cool with putting it there. Wow. So top five for The Wicker Man. I mean, I don't think that anyone would be that surprised. No. It like like it has developed a cult following because true. of how absurd this movie is. That is true. And that scene just it, it's everything. It's a really big payoff for a really bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of cult followings. Oh man. Next week. <laughs> we're doing it. I was about to say we're going to watch the one and only, but they made no, a sequel. They made, it to, they made two of these. We are going to watch Ghost Rider. He made Wicker Man and then Ghost Rider hmm. back to back. Now, if memory serves me correctly, Ghost Rider is not horrible, but... I've seen Ghost Rider. I haven't seen Ghost Rider 2. Me neither. I've heard Ghost Rider 2 is worse, but more fun kind of yeah. thing. I remember I remember Ghost Rider being fun. Um I also remember his skull face being really poorly CG animated in the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. 
Um, yeah, so this is our first comic book adaptation, except for I think one of the previous uh, episodes we talked about Superman Lives, how he was supposed to be in that movie. Mm-hmm. So um, I think what is I it might 2007 do... already? I think it might be, actually. Ooh, let me see. I have it right here. Yeah, 2007. All right. So, His um, 06 hustle has ended. <clears throat> yeah, thank God. And 2007 from... Excuse me, what I recall is a pretty remarkable year for his financial uh Well, we're getting happenings. closer and closer to the market crash of 2008. Yes. So yes. there's that. So we'll talk about that as well. Yes, yes, but yes. I, when I, you own so many properties, yeah. only, only horrible things are going to happen. Oh, God. But as for the movie itself, I think what I'll do, because I'm a big comic book fan, I might read a few Ghost Rider comics in preparation. I don't know they if it'll exist? come up in conversation. I don't know. There was a comic. You didn't know Ghost Rider was a comic? No. You didn't know he was an actual superhero? No. I thought you were kidding just now. No, yeah, he's a he's a comic book superhero from Marvel. Oh, that's why Nick Cage already had a Ghost Rider. Well, I'm going to... Probably one of my main fun facts for next week, but yeah. Nick Cage has a Ghost Rider tattoo on him that they had to cover up for the movie. Yeah, far too meta. It's way too meta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, that makes more sense. I was like, why would he get the tattoo before he was in the movie? That oh no, yeah, it's a it's a comic book. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it was a long running comic book. A lot of people like it too. Marvel. Marvel. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stanley. Yeah, I don't know if Stanley created Ghost Rider or not. I'll look into that, and we will find out next week. We'll do some research. Yeah. Wow. Long episode. We watched The Wicker Man. This was a long episode, but it was a fun one. I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, you have anything else? Nope. All right, now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Now, freak out!